In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Robert Clapper is the head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Center. Each Saturday morning, and it's time for Dr. Clapper. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> this is the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Yes, Doc, I love your show. Thank you. Uh, now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warriors Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai, 31 years, and I'm joined by the brains behind the business, the great Steve Paulette, pulling the sound bites. What a show we have for you today. I'm so excited because my guest coming up at 7.15 is a world-class surgeon who specializes in thoracic surgery. Why would I pick Dr. Clark Fuller to come on with me this Saturday? Because I'm fascinated by the story and the journey of Brandon Ingram. Remember the baby Laker who's now an all-star in New Orleans, he had a career potentially ending diagnosis of a blood clot, but the blood clot was the secondary finding. As soon as the announcement came out last year that Brandon Ingram had a blood clot in his arm causing the pain and limited motion to his shoulder, my phone started to buzz, and it was my good friend, Dr. Clark Fuller, going, Robbie, he's got thoracic outlet syndrome. What exactly is that? That's what's causing it. He's going to need surgery, and he's going to be just fine. And sure enough, because of surgery, to manipulate the flow of his artery, getting it right in his right arm and shoulder, Brandon Ingram this year was an all-star. And I just love that story where we as surgeons can truly save the career. Only this is not orthopedic surgery. This is thoracic surgery, a whole nother field. And you're really going to enjoy my conversation with Dr. Clark Fuller. So stay tuned at 715. But it made me think all week because I love to connect the dots, my passions for art, sports, and surgery. Where do we see manipulating the flow? Kobe Bryant, he did it better than anybody, manipulating, manipulating the flow of the game, particularly those alley-oop passes when number eight Kobe Bryant to Shaquille O'Neal. That's a true flow. But what about in art, in life? Where do you see the savior of manipulating the flow to save the day? You're not going to believe this, but guess what I found? One of the greatest sights you will ever see, and I encourage you all to go visit. It's a bucket list to visit Niagara Falls. It's where Lake Erie goes into Lake Ontario. The Great Lakes pretty much go over the greatest waterfall in North America, North America, the most powerful waterfall, waterfall. Did you know that in 1969, Niagara Falls had surgery? They actually put a dam above it so they could fix it. What was the matter with it? It's so powerful that it throws over these giant rocks, these giant boulders. And they expected in 1969, this keeps up the erosion, which is about a foot a year. 
is actually going to make it just a lazy river again and not have this dramatic vertical drop because of the rocks. They've got to do something about the big rocks that got thrown to the bottom. So in 1969, the Army Corps of Engineers did surgery on Niagara Falls. I did not know this. That's why I love this show. You guys get to learn, but so do I. Wait till you hear this story about manipulating the flow of Niagara Falls. And I definitely want to do a, a, a clap revision for the coronavirus so that you understand how a virus works. Why is it different than, than in a bacteria that you can take antibiotics for? And then the infection goes away. What is so different about a virus? You're going to need a clap revision, and it's going to involve carjacking. So stay tuned for that. I'll explain. You'll understand better how a virus works. But I want to talk right now. Listen to the story here about manipulating the flow. This is Tim Legler, ESPN's basketball expert on SportsCenter, talking about this year how powerful the baby Laker Brandon Ingram has become. And remember, this is after he has surgery on his artery to keep it from being pinched by a rib, an extra rib that he has. I don't hear the sound. Anthony Davis in that trade. But the Pelicans got Brandon Ingram, and Ingram is developing into a real star there in New Orleans. Yeah, and Stan, I love this guy coming out. I, I thought it might take a few years when he came out of the draft. I thought it might take a few years to turn into this level score. I didn't even know if he could get to 25 a game. What he has done to his game and his ability now to add some strength and maintain his balance means that he can now hit that mid-range shot even when he's closing and guarded. He can get to the rim and finish over that last line of defense. Tim Legler in Yiddish is quelling over the return of Brandon Ingram as an all-star. This is after surgery, manipulating the flow of blood down his right arm. These were things he really struggled with early in his career because he just didn't have the physical strength to do it. You see now what this is. You've got a big-time foot ten inch wing that can get his own shot anywhere on the floor, and he's averaging 25 points a game. Spectacular in this one, obviously, with 49 points and just made big shot after big shot against a team in the Utah Jazz that has played as well as anybody over the last month. How rewarding that must be for the surgeon. I was busy yesterday in surgery all day. Hip replacements, knee replacements. I even did a fascinating case of a 40-year-old who had two large rocks. Speaking about Niagara Falls removing the rocks, floating in his knee. He couldn't straighten his knee. These had been there for years. Now his knee was all swollen, and it was really cool. I love this operation where I can go in with tiny little incisions and find those rocks and remove them so now his knee can straighten and bend and the swelling will go away. Just so cool. To be a surgeon, to be able to change people's lives, to work on the machinery that God made, it doesn't get better than that. But this is what a patient sounds like when they're depressed, when their world is all after them. This is Brandon Ingram giving a news conference, press conference, when he's trying to describe what's happened with his blood clot. Now recognize, I just played how he's doing this year. So the the ending of this story is beautiful. Thanks to surgery. Thanks to surgery that people like Clark Fuller do. But listen to Brandon Ingram talking about, I don't know what's happening. Well, you know, when we were going through um, all these tests, I, I didn't think it would be something that serious. Um, I just kind of woke up and 
my arm was, was kind of tight. Uh, couldn't lift it over my shoulder, and um, I knew I was going to hear Luke's mouth talking about um, talking about I was soft when I was um, coming to the gym, and I just came to the gym, did my no- normal routine every day, and was was just feeling this little pinch under my um, armpit, and I was just trying to figure out what was wrong. That's how it starts, small, just a little pinch. And then he can't lift his arm above his head. The doctors did a couple tests, and, and they came back with with the blood clot. And we just tried to see what procedure that we could do to uh, help me get back as fast as I can. And um, right now the process is going good. Um, I got rid of the blood clot. Um, I got surgery um, underneath, underneath my armpit and right around my shoulder area. So... Um, Everything is moving forward. Everything's moving forward. How important is it that we help each other get better, which is now is certainly a time for that. What it meant to Brandon Ingram that the fans would come up to, to him and wish him well. I've heard from the fans out, out in the open, um, just different people just telling me that they're praying for me um, to get better, uh, hope, hoping that I come back stronger and uh, that means a lot. That means a lot just um, just because I, I think we get so caught up in so much of the negativity and just to see the positive and and, and see everyone around just saying positive things. I, I think that that was good for me. Brandon Ingram had to fight to get himself stronger. That day that they said I had a blood clot that it was in, I knew I had to uh, continue to fight, and um, I just felt like, I was going to have good results. And he did. He's an all-star this year. What about Niagara Falls? This is not static. What I'm going to play now is what it sounds like when you're standing right up next to this massive waterfall. More water going over those falls in any place in North America. The power is hard to describe when you're even just standing right there. It started 20,000 years ago. Some glacier melted, created the Great Lakes, and they all assemble and go over these falls. Native American tribe called the Mohawks. Niagara in Mohawk means neck. This is the neck connecting those two great river, those two great lakes. Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Here's the story of Niagara Falls. Around 18,000 years ago, the falls didn't exist. They were formed when an ice sheet from the North Pole left behind vast areas of landscape, what we know today as North America. When the vast chunks of ice started to melt, the fall came into existence. When the glaciers melted, a considerable amount of water was sent into the Niagara River. It took a lot of time for the water to erode the cliffs, and the falls were formed. By the end of the 19th century, the world's first hydroelectric generating station was built near the falls. Soon it started producing electricity. Unfortunately, the electricity could only carry 300 feet, so everybody knew that improvements had to be made. You know that car that Elon Musk calls a Tesla? Well, it's actually named after Nicholas Tesla. And if it wasn't for Nicholas Tesla, electricity would not be flowing through your radio right now. Nikola Tesla was the man who made those changes. He found a way to send electricity long distances by using alternating current. Today, the Falls Power Plant produces more than 2 million kilowatts of power. 
The scientists wanted to see if it was possible to see what was going on behind the falls. They thought that if they could stop them from flowing, they could find out the mysteries behind them. So first they stopped manipulating the waterfall by making electricity. Then they realized they better manipulate, they better do surgery on Niagara Falls because erosion is going to actually ruin it. Tempering nature is a challenge, and many people wondered if what the scientists had planned was even possible. Was it possible to stop such a powerful force? Well, this might sound strange, but the amount of water changes at night. Yeah. It's not something that happens naturally. It's actually a human factor. Local companies are allowed to take water from the falls, but only at night. During the 50s, the locals signed a treaty to take more water at night when there weren't so many tourists there and they wouldn't notice a difference. The whole thing is a manipulation. According to the people of New York who visit Niagara Falls regularly, the falls have been experiencing change over time. These New Yorkers have noticed that every time a gallon of water goes down the cliffs, the falls lose a bit of their charm. It's believed the stones that accumulate at the bottom of the falls could cause problems in the future. Erosion is going to ruin the falls. They discovered that something had to be done with the accumulated rocks at the bottom of the waterfalls. They even contacted the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for their opinion on the matter. Nobody could come up with a good solution for the accumulated rocks, so they decided to shut down the falls. They were going to do it just temporarily so that all the stones could be removed from the water. Are you kidding me? In the summer of 1969, over a thousand trucks carried rocks and earth to the falls just to get them to stop flowing. The loads were dumped upstream of the waterfall for three days. A cofferdam was created and the falls stopped flowing. The water was redirected from there to Horseshoe Falls. In order to work on your artery, like Dr. Clark Fuller has to, he's got to clamp the flow through that artery. That's in essence what they did in Niagara Falls. Instead of a clamp to stop the flow, they made a dam out of a thousand trucks working for three days straight, dumping rocks, so that lo and behold, the water stopped flowing over Niagara Falls. The locals were really worried for a couple of reasons. First, they knew that you really can't control water. What would happen if the water was rerouted the wrong way, causing a significant flood? Also, they were worried about the tourists. What would happen if they failed to get the falls flowing again? Many locals made money from the tourists. If the falls stopped, the money would dry up as well. The flow started again. But look at what they found when they shut the water off. The tourists did stop visiting the falls that summer, obviously, because, well, the fall was blocked. But those who did show up, they got to see something that nobody will ever see again. They had an opportunity to take rocks and incredible coins from the Niagara Falls riverbed. The people who watched the waters over the falls drain, they saw skeletons in the water. It was unclear whether the skeletons belonged to animals who had drowned or people who had fallen in the falls at one point. They found two people. The fact the experts were able to stop the falls from flowing was incredible. Fortunately, the falls did start flowing again, and today the Niagara Falls are as incredible as ever. Had the experts not been able to stop the water so they could remove the stones back in 1969, we might have lost one of the greatest wonders of the world. If thoracic surgeons had not operated on Brandon Ingram, he would not be an all-star this year, manipulating the flow of life in general. This is what a thoracic surgeon does, and it's fascinating to me. We're going to learn a little bit more about it coming up next with the great Dr. Clark Fuller. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN.
Let's go to Manny. You're in downtown L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an L.A. resident, you know, so obviously we've been affected by uh, this. Uh, what do you do for a living, Manny? I work in the uh, I work in the hotel business. I'm in I'm in lodging, so it's affecting us uh, wow. tremendously because you know we uh, we expect uh, you know travel and you know business and uh, we've just come to a complete halt. Like I, you know, I ate at the pantry this morning. There was nobody oh, yeah. there. How can there nobody be at the pantry in Los Angeles? So I said to the lady, "God, is this the quietest I've ever seen it?" She goes, "It's been this way all week." Friday we had 25 customers. She goes, "That's amazing on Friday night." Are you kidding me? Wow. I, I, can't, I know, and that's right there on Figueroa. So, I mean, you know, you pass by there, you always see the line out the door. You know, you, you, you see that all the time. Yeah, there's no line. Uh, well, there's no line when you go at 5 in the morning when I go, but there's no line even at night, she said. It was amazing. It's it's incredible. My grandmother, who, uh, you know, she was, uh, you know, Jewish. She, she said uh, she would say something in these terms that, you know, that the world has created a golem because, you know, there's this virus has become like it's taken over and, you know, and, and I like what your father said and what you just said right now, that this too shall pass because, you know, the more we feed into it, the more it grows. But, you know, if we stick together, and that's why I'm calling, you know, we got to have a little bit of compassion for those who don't have enough money or the rides to get to the store. So, you know, we just got to be more conscious. And uh, One of the things, you know, Manny, I would encourage everybody listening to do is to go to Cedars and go to the blood bank and donate blood because that's one of the problems. We still need to be able to take care of people who need blood, and unfortunately, yeah. because the schools are closed, they can't do the blood drive. So I, I need people to go to the blood bank at Cedars, and here's the other thing. There'll be a prize at the end, because you'll get to see one of the sculptures that I made, and you can take a picture and you can touch it while you're there, but that's one of the things. Good has to come from this tragedy, and the good Absolutely. is people will realize that, you know what? God's been giving me a gift, the gift of blood, and I can share it with other people. Go to the blood bank. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks thanks for taking my call. I'm a post-op, scaphoid, uh, <laughs> surgery kind of guy. And, uh, if you want to just give me some, if you want to just give me some tips before I let you let me go, uh, you know, just kind of how to move it around, you know, get it, get it. More Here's my favorite thing for you to do in your recovery, Manny, for, uh, from scaphoid surgery. You know, they always talk about putting a rubber ball and squeezing it and what, the greatest thing that I would do for wrist and hand rehab is take a stack of newspapers, put your hand palms down on the top sheet, and roll up that thin piece of paper and crush it into a ball and fill a waste paper basket a day with rolled up newspapers. You do that, it's, the, it's better than wax, it's better than squeezing a ball. I love knitting, crocheting, those Chinese, they're called boating balls that chime, that rotate in your hand. I love that. But the greatest thing you can do, Manny, to get back to have full motion and full strength in your wrist after that fracture is crush up a thin piece of newspaper and fill the waste paper basket in a day. Okay? Thanks, Dr. Cloud. Have a good one, okay? All right. God bless you, Manny. Appreciate it. All right, Warriors. We'll take a break. Coming up next, I got to tell some stories. I got to talk about uh, manipulating a flow. I didn't even do that. All right. Coming up next, we'll get into Niagara Falls and Brandon Ingram. You're listening to the one and only... Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. But when you're born to run, it's so good to just slow down. So don't be surprised to see me back in the bright part of town.
All right, so the sports world has been put on hold for the foreseeable future. CDC is recommending for the next eight weeks no gatherings of larger than 50 people. Um, that, of course, would exclude just about every sporting event uh, that there is out there. Joining us right now, friend of the program, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Doc. How are you? Good morning, guys. So nice to hear you. Yeah, nice you too. Community. Good to hear you too, man. With all this madness going on, uh, out here in the world right now, Dr. Clapper, you being a doc, being a Cedars, being around guys, being part of understanding the CDC far better than any of us could. When do we get back? To, when can we get back to some sort of normal routine? When will that be? Well, there's really no model here, uh, Keyshawn, to, it's not the flu, but it's kind of like the flu. It's not like these other viruses, but it is like them. No one really knows. And I think there's a fundamental understanding that I'd love your listeners to have. Because what's the difference between a virus and a bacteria? Why can't you just take an antibiotic for this? So I think I've been thinking all morning, because I knew I'd come on, of a clapper vision to, to explain the difference between what we're dealing with versus just having a bacterial infection when you take some antibiotics. So remember World War II, Pearl Harbor, when we had that Japanese and one plane after another was bombing Pearl Harbor? That is a bacterial infection. It's just lots of these planes, and they just keep coming. On September 11th, they hijacked a 747 because they don't have their own plane and crashed it into the World Trade Center. That's a virus. A virus is... They need, that virus needs the cell and hijacks the cell to make lots more virus. So there is no antibiotic to take to prevent it. You need a vaccine, which is what they're working on, and that's the difference between this pandemic versus when you look in the past, 1918, the Spanish flu, and these are devastating pandemic viruses. We're better now because we can make a vaccine, but that's what they're working on. How, how long do you think that it will take to come up with this vaccine? No one really knows, but as we speak, they're working on it. And what's what's nice is if there's anything nice is the whole world is working on it. The labs in Israel, which are really ahead of everybody else, they're working on it. So I don't want to give misinformation, but it's going to come. And as my dad used to say, this too shall pass. Dr. Clapper joining us here on the morning show. And I mean, you, you hear it on the news, you read it online, the, the flattening the curve thing. Is that why we're all being told to stay inside? Is that why we're being told to limit our groups? It not, not necessarily that fewer people are going to get infected, but we're going to get infected at a slower rate. Is that the goal at this point? That is the goal. And I think the, the public service that you guys are doing this morning, no. one of the things that, you know, only good that can come from this is, when high schools can no longer get together because of this social distancing, what you guys need to realize is the blood that we need in the blood bank comes from those, those blood drives from the high schools. And if they're closing the schools, we don't have blood in the hospital where we need it. So as a public service, please come to Cedars, donate blood, take advantage of the fact that you're not working, you're at home. It's not a problem to come to the hospital, to the blood bank, to donate some blood because we really, really need it. Um, Dr. Clapper, there are a lot of people that were still out and about in large social gatherings over the weekend. They think it was somewhat of an overreaction. Can you explain to listeners who are still on the fence about this why the precautions that are being taken are, is not an overreaction? 
you know that when you deal with the public, uh, LZ, you know what it's like. Some people really want to just get attention, and uh, it's stupid and it's dangerous. And you put people at risk who really are the least capable of handling it. Kids, thank God, so far are not manifesting it. But they say the reason the death toll is so high in Italy is because the demographic of that population is so much older. You're putting the people who really can't handle it at most risk. So what do they say? Don't be stupid. You should really abide by the recommendations. And it's as simple as that. This is a silent killer. This is a silent disease. Yeah, some people don't manifest it. Their immune system is better. But for, you don't know what your immune system is going to be like. And if you're that one, you're really going to be paying the price because this is way more vicious to the body, to the lungs, than the flu. And just quickly, could you just give us like four or five sort of groups outside of the elderly who could be most vulnerable? So listeners who say our cancer survivors are listening go, oh, wait, I'm in this group. Immunocompromised. It's really interesting. So I'm an orthopedic surgeon. And, you know, you're at risk if your diabetes is not in control. You're at risk, HIV patients, right, for healing and all the rest of it. But in my world of orthopedics, do you know who really I worry about the most in terms of my wounds healing from elective surgery? Obesity. Obesity compromises your body. Well, when you look at the number one problem in America, it's obesity. How exactly does it affect your immune system, your ability to heal? So you're right. People really are at risk, and they may not even realize it. Dr. Clapper joining us here on The Morning Show. One of the things that I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, you can hopefully enlighten us, that once the weather starts to warm up everywhere, we see the flu, it kind of spikes in the winter months, and then as we get into spring, it kind of starts to dissipate a little bit. Could this be similar? Yes. I mean, if you look back in history at the Spanish flu in 1918, the big deaths occurred in 1919. So, yes, everybody's excited. You know, we'll get through the summer. The, the question is, does it spike then again? But this is the beauty of having a vaccine. That's the key. If we can take, like, the flu shot, if we can take a coronavirus shot, that will be the key to helping us get on with our lives. Mm -hmm. Dr. Robert Clapper, appreciate your time, Doc. Thanks a bunch. Thank you, sir. Make them go to the blood bank, Travis. That's the key. And, uh, yeah, you guys are doing a great service. Keep it up. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, I mean, look, that that – Anytime you get to talk to somebody that actually understands the science of it all, it makes you feel a, a little bit better. And he's mm-hmm. saying, look, don't be stupid. And I, I think that was a, if you're out there in those crowds saying, hey, you know, bleep the coronavirus, okay. Yeah. And but, then, but why would I listen to anybody other than somebody with a DR in front of their neck? <laughs> that's well, a good I mean, question. That's, that's, but a lot, a lot of people um, do, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of people uh, do, unfortunately. Yeah. And I have to. And one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure he talked about the other different groups is because when you're sitting at home and you hear old people, elderly, 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 you're like going, well, I'm 45 and I'm fine. Right. But if you're 50 pounds overweight, you're still in that group of being vulnerable. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not nothing. Seven to nine a.m. on Saturday morning, the weekend warrior, Dr. Clapper show will be on as well. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Magandan Umaga. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Cells are just tiny people. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I do want to get to my manipulation of flow story. But I got too many calls right now. So let's go to John in L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? You there, John? 
Uh, yeah, I'm here, Dr. Clapper. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? What's up? Uh, okay. Yeah, I've been having a, uh, some hip pain, mostly at night, though, um, when I'm laying down. What kind of work do you do? Uh, I'm an analyst. An analyst? I work, I work. Yeah, I work at a computer all day. A financial analyst? Uh, uh, a marketing analyst. A marketing analyst. So what? what's your niche? What are you specializing in? Uh, healthcare. Healthcare. Well, that's interesting. That's what I do. Yeah. I know, yeah. How's orthopedics looking in your analysis? Uh, we don't primarily, we're mostly business to business, so we don't look at specific specialties in that sense. Got it, got it. All right. Well, I can just tell you, it's booming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> so, the, when people tell me they have hip pain, I have to ask them, one of three places for the pain is it in the front the groin which usually means coming from the ball and socket joint is it on the side of their hip where their pocket is that usually means it's inflammation in the muscle called a bursitis and in my opinion never needs surgery hey cortisone shots and i put people in the pool for that or the third area they say their hip hurts and they point to their buttock their sacroiliac joint their lower back is usually the cause of that so where of the three places is your hip pain uh, it's, it's from the side. From the side. Okay. So yeah. that's a good thing because it's less likely to be something that needs surgery. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui called Heal Your Hips. I need mm -hmm. you to read that book because it'll show you exercises to do in the pool, on land, and things to avoid. If you embark on changing your activities and your hip feels better, like a blister becomes a callus and you don't have pain anymore, I love it. But if after mm -hmm. a month it persists, then forget about it. You need an x-ray, you need an exam, and you may need an MRI. So that's how I would appreciate handling it. Not calling me and me telling you, take some Advil, take some Celebrex, have a cortisone shot. Be holistic. You know what I mean? I love the medical profession, but I hate the drug company. And don't look for a quick fix. It's hurting for a reason. One is that you're getting older. I get that. One may be the activities you're doing either at work or recreationally. But I love pain, John, because pain means your body don't like something and you got to figure out why. And intellectually, you can say, well, I've always walked around this area. I've always hiked here. I've always done this and it's not a problem. Guess what? Things change. You get out the cockeritis. We get older. There's a reason that you have the pain and that is a sign to you to figure out what it is that you're doing that your body don't like. People can get bursitis in their hip from using the elliptical machine. You'd say to yourself, how the hell can that be a problem? You know what? Yeah. For some people it is, because if their anatomy makes their hip where it's a wider structure, it's more of a 90-degree angle to the hip joint as the ball and socket joint meets the pelvis, then an elliptical machine will give you bursitis, whereas the guy next to you in the gym doesn't get bursitis. So having pain is a good thing. It just means something's yeah. up. Not just get rid of the pain, get rid of the reason for the pain. And for that, you have to figure out, what am I doing that my body don't like? And change yeah. it a little bit. The pool, the bike. Yeah. These are things that I really love to do in a 52-year-old man. If it persists, yeah. then you get an x-ray, get an MRI, you'll call me back and I'll explain it with Clapper Vision. Yeah, well, just real quick, I, I use the elliptical a lot, so that's kind there of... There you go, thing. so get rid of it. Do the pool and the bike and the book will show you exercises to do. All right, thank you. All right, John. Listen, I just helped you. I want you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I, I will do that. Dr. All right. Thank All right, you so much. My pleasure, John. God bless.